Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, where healing, spirituality, and culture meet. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Better as he introduces you to healing and spirituality in world cultures. Here's the host of your show, Robert Better. Hi, folks. It's Bob Vetter here. Before the podcast starts, I wanted to offer you something for free available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. It's a download of a game and map of the healer's journey called Sustos, named after the traumatic events that can lead to soul loss. The game provides insights in how we ourselves can be healed and how that process empowers us in our healing efforts with others. Get your free download at www.bobvetter.com. Now, let's get to our latest podcast episode. Greetings, listeners. I'm here today with Maria Kraus. As a spiritual mindset and alignment mentor, Maria teaches and empowers entrepreneurs in how to share their unique stories to heal, inspire, and make a bigger difference. Her work consists of helping women understand themselves through their stories, peel off the layers that no longer serve them, and create a soulful alignment in all areas of their lives. Now, I should also tell you the way that I know Maria is that I was a guest on her podcast, which is called Unchain Your Inner Strength. And it was such a pleasure being on her podcast that I invited her to be on mine. So welcome, Maria. So nice to have you here. Thank you, Robert, for having me. I love doing this. <laughs> and I'm on the other side this time. Exactly. <laughs> Such so, a pleasure. So Maria, please, if you would, share a little bit of your story with us. Okay. How did you get to do this? How did I get to be where I'm at today? Oh, my God. I think, like, I think we all go through life through different experiences adventures, mistakes, lessons, everything. And then we suddenly find ourselves going like, mm, what did I learn from that? Can I do something about this? <laughs> so this is basically how I ended up where I'm at today. Uh, like everybody else, I have a story. And I think it was the moment that I wrote minds that I realized how I could help others. And that was through my last relationship. That was, I was 36 then, I'll be 43 next week. So it's been a while then uh, I had I got together with somebody who I thought it was like okay this is it this is the love of my life and little did we know that was like that was the, my biggest breakthrough my biggest breakthrough in my life it was a very toxic relationship I fell into depression there was a lot of abuse uh, it was a lot of self-destruction as well on my on my behalf you know I was just going down this road and it was just I didn't know where to run. So I just like dive deep into self-destruction, drugs, alcohol, you name it. I was in and for the beginning was a lot of emotional abuse. It was a lot of verbal abuse, verbal. And there was something inside me. There was my instinct telling me to run. But there was another part of me that years later, I realized it was my ego holding me back I'm like yeah no no you have to try to work on this you have to make this better you have to like it's your fault that this is not working out but yeah but once I felt into depression there was no way out and the first time he hit me I stayed the second time I was gone 
I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I found my way out of that relationship. Um, at the moment, we were living in Ireland. I was living in Ireland. So I'm originally from Argentina. Got uh, got a one-way ticket home. <laughs> Packed my little bags. I'm like, I'm going away for a little while. So I came here for six months. And, and it was sort of a rehab, Bob. That's what I would call it. I don't know how people go to rehab. This I, I put myself into rehab, but without going into an actual facility. Coming home meant, okay, it was, you know, sobering up, cleaning, basically leaving all drugs, leaving, leaving everything, everything that I knew until then. I'm like, okay, we have to change. Something has to change. We can't keep living that life. Especially, as I said, I was like in the state of self, like depression and self-destruction that I didn't care what happened to me. I could have died the next day and I couldn't, I, I really didn't care. So once I came home, I'm like, okay, let's do, let's start doing the things that we used to love to do. You know, so I start going for long walks. I grab my journal again. I start, you know, writing the things that I was angry about. The first was the things that I was angry about, what was frustrating me. And I start letting, getting everything out and I was getting up early in the morning. I was going back and eating healthy. Uh, and like I said, it was a lot, a lot of walks and a lot of, um, a lot of going back into nature and a lot of going back into, back to myself. You know, that person I once was, because I don't know if any of your listeners have ever been in a toxic relationship or in any relationship that, you know, they can't be themselves. You know, that could be in a job that you can't express who you are. And then you kind of, con you lost track. You lose track of who you are. You know, you don't know where, where the you for the society is and where you, the real you is. So that time that I came home, that's what I did. I, I went on a journey to try to find my way back to my authentic self. Uh, and that's what I did. And ever since then, I remember when I started my business, uh, I'm like, well, I'm going to teach this to women. I didn't think it was a big thing. You know, I didn't think like, you know, journaling, telling your affirmations, going out for walks, it would be such a huge thing. And then when I go, went into self-development and working with coaches, uh, they all kind of give you that, you know, this is how you start. So um, that's, that's pretty much how my business started. And as a, as a mentor, as a, as a, as a mentor. So I started as a transformational coach and then I move into mindset and alignment that I'm doing now. Uh, to mindset. Okay. So can you explain the difference between a transformational coach and a mindset mentor? Well, like what I did transformational for me, the word transformation, as I went in through my journey, I found like, you know, we always, there's always this idea of us being broken of us trying to, we have to become, you know, we have to become and we have to transform. And I think I honestly, after all these years, I think that we have to unbecome and we have to become more, you know, all those things that we learn, unlearn them. Our truth self is there. The core of who we are is within us. But as I said, sometimes situations, you know, like going into school, you have to act a different way. Going into a job, you have to act a different way. You know, try to fit in this society makes us become something different. So 
that's why transformation for me, it was that it was like having to transform yourself into this other thing. And I'm like, no, you don't, you just have to find more of who you are. Mm. So that's why I went into more of alignment and mindset, um, because I really believe like the way we speak to ourselves is how we determine how we feel and how we, you know, how others see us as well, the way we talk to ourselves. And it's, now I'm yeah. I'm cur a little curious about how it is that you came to work just with women. Okay, <laughs> because of what I had gone through, and I'll be absolutely honest, I had a lot of I had a lot of anger towards men at that at that moment. You know, there was uh, I had to work a lot on that, but also because I always worked. I always worked with men. I always worked in, in, I worked as a bartender. I worked as a waitress. I always worked in, 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 in men. Um, what do you call it? Oh, environment. Yeah. In a men's environment. And I've always been very, very um, active. I've been very, you know, if somebody tells me do this, I'll do X, Y, Z. I give more than I usually do. And for some reason, um, being a woman, and being able to tell them and tell them that you don't like something, that means you're crazy or you have an attitude. So that was always my problem at work. So I will never get the higher jobs. I will never ever get the bigger jobs because of my attitude. Meanwhile, the guy that I used to work with used to do half of the job that I used to and always end up with the higher position and bossing me around. So I thought there was a huge imbalance there. And I think now, now things are getting, they are balancing, balancing little by little because women are speaking up. And this idea that we are speaking up, it's not because we're crazy or because we have an attitude or because we're a bitch. It's because we actually have something to say and we want to be heard. So that's the reason, Mob. That's the reason. First, it started because of that, you know, really resentment towards men. And then it turned into this thing that I'm like, no, it's not their fault. You know, it's not particularly one person's fault. It's this how society has been built for so many years, from donkey years. And slowly but surely, we are starting to change it, you know. But I have to, I have to do it from my point of view. I can't blame somebody else for how I feel about that. So, and I want women to feel that way as well, that there is safe for them to speak. It's safe for them to, you know, raise their voice. It's safe for them to be in a situation because usually when you know something happened with a with a male women feel uncomfortable and i'm like no it's time that they feel uncomfortable by what they said or the way they looked at us or you know the way they act mm -hmm. not always us like we always feel like we are responsible for certain things or our skirt is too short or we're showing our cleavage or you know all those kind of things so i want women to be to to own that they're women, you know, that, that it's safe to be, we're safe, I say safe, that we'll be safe eventually to be, you know. So do you think that there's a big difference in the spiritual path to healing that a woman in general goes through compared to a man? A man? I could not say because I never worked with men. So I, I wouldn't be able to say it to you. I can say from personal experience, how I perceive, like, you know, friends of mine that male friends who have done the work, who are doing the work compared to women who are doing the work. And I still feel like they still try to men explain you 
what a spiritual journey is. But like I said, that's my own personal experience with the people that I had interacted with. So I think there's still that big ego that is now suddenly, oh, uh, now I'm in this journey. So I know more than you do, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I agree to disagree. But it's, a, it's an argument that I don't get into anymore. I did at the beginning, but now I'm like, okay, if it makes you feel better, then I'll do it. But this is, like I said, Bob, this is an experience that I went through. I can't speak for, you know, I want to believe that there's people out there that really do the work and, you know, they, it is, I don't, I don't know how the difference would be. Okay, so let's go back to the this the difference between transformation, which is changing what you are from A to B, as compared with getting clearing away the stuff that is placed upon you that uh, is keeping you from expressing your true self. That, if I get you correctly, that seems to be like your central thesis. Is that right? Yes. Well, like, I believe that knowing who we are, we can pinpoint what is really ours. Like, you know, most, I think our fears, let's say, let's say, for example, our fears, a lot of our fears are not based on something that we fear, but is are based on something else, somebody else passed on to us, you know, like, okay, the fear of success. Why am I fearing success? It's like, oh, because I, my parents told me I'll never be successful the fear of not being loved. Why am I fearing not being loved? Because my parents told me that, or I'm just putting your parents an example. This could have been like that little kid that pulled your hair when you were in second grade, you know, and like told you that and like those things. But I think a lot of the stuff that we carry with us, they're not necessarily ours. You know, um, I had this big breakthrough the other day. I was telling a friend about, and I was like, I had for my whole entire life, I had been asking my family to accept me, you know, I've been doing this. I have been in business for four or five years, almost. They don't see it as business. They, even when I have my two bestseller books, it was like, okay, whatever, you know, and they don't see it as an carry the lead for us, Maria. What are your two books? <laughs> I have two books. I have two, yeah, I have two book collaborations and both bestsellers. But uh, I, I tell you that about now, Bob. But my parents never seen it. My, my family doesn't see it like an accomplishment, you know? So my whole entire life, I've been trying to like, you know, do the monkey dance in front of them to accept me until I realized the other day that I could not ask somebody who does not accept themselves to accept me. So I'm asking something to somebody who doesn't have it. It's like, you know, it's just that emptiness. So it's, it's just going to a vending machine and trying to get chocolate out and the vending machine is empty. You know, so it's like, I have to let that go. That's not my baggage anymore too. It doesn't belong to me anymore. I have to give it back. You know, so your, so your, our parents, our teachers, our friends are projecting onto us the limitations that they feel. I believe we do. I believe we all do. And it's not like something that we do necessarily, you know, consciously. I think it's something that somebody else passed on to us and we just keep bringing it on until we realize they're like, okay, this is not, why is this happening? Why is this pattern continues to happen? And like, how can we stop it? And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's like parents, but I think it's like the people that we most look up to, you know, there's somebody there that you really look up to. And it's like, and that you're really seeking for their, you know, approval and attention. And that person is not giving it to you. 
and that's when you try your hardest, you know, and, and I think a lot of us do that, you know, try your hardest, try to do a lot of people end up going to college and going for a degree that absolutely hate, but just because their parents is like, Oh, let's make proud our parents, you know, or things like that. I'm also so, in the spiritual world, how many people become disappointed in their gurus, you know, they, yes. they turn to a guru as a person that they put up on a pedestal. Yeah. All of a sudden they find out that that person is all too mortal. Yep. Uh, you know, the, now there are so many documentaries about things like that. I'm thinking of yeah. one most recently about St. John of God that I started watching. Mm -hmm. and, you know, what a disappointment he was to all of his, not all, but a lot of his followers when they found out exactly yeah. what he was doing. And, and so many others. Now, I don't mean to, to pick him in particular other than to say that I just saw the documentary the other day. But it, it seems like when we put somebody up on a pedestal like that, that we are setting ourselves up for disappointment. Yes. Yeah. And I think I think what I think that's I won't say a problem, but I think that's something that we need to address. It's like nobody. It's more than we are. Mm -hmm. you know we are all equal and i think we're you know we have we've been doing this for years i mean there were the gods you know back in the days there were the gods then there were the princes the queens the you know the kings there's always somebody and and we put that out there you know it has happened to me bob when i was younger and i was living in new york i met some of my favorite rappers and when i met them i was like it was such a disappointment i was like they're horrible people absolutely horrible you know, and I was like, yeah, I'll never. And I remember ever since I was 21, I was like, this is the last time I put somebody on a pedestal. You know, of course, my mother was a different thing, but, you know, but everybody is it, that is that me it's that belief that we have that somebody is either smarter than us, prettier than us. You know, they, they're more capable than us and they're not. I mean, it's all about effort and wanting something that we achieve what we want. Right. Mm -hmm. put in the actions and and either you're spiritual or you're not spiritual i think that's what it is but going back to what you said with spiritual i think he wasn't the only i think there was a few more that it was like they portrayed this whole spiritual thing meanwhile they had like a whole garage of like thousand of like Rolls royce and i don't know how many rolexes i can't remember who was it i think he was brazilian but it, yeah there's you know putting always somebody on a pedestal at the end of the day, they bleed like we do, you know, they cry like we do, they have to eat like we do. They're humans. Exactly. Um, All right, Maria, so let's switch gears for a moment. And uh, I would like to ask you about something that would be helpful for our listeners from your practice, from what you do and what you share with the fortunate women who get to work with you every day. Thank you. Speaking of that. Spend less time learning about other people and spend more time learning about yourself. Because I think this is very important. I find friends telling me like, oh, they know everything about the Kardashians. And then I ask them something about them and they wouldn't know, like, what do you prefer? Like oat milk to almond milk. And they're like, well, I'm not sure. Is there a difference? And I'm like, well, yeah, it is a difference. Did you have the chance to actually know yourself to know that there's a difference? But it's that I think people consume so much in that putting people on the pedestal, putting people on the altar, thinking that everybody can do it, but you can't do it. And I think that 
by, I always tell my clients, I was like, write your story, you know, write your story. And even if you never publish it, you know, just be able to sit there and realize all the things you have accomplished. Even the things that you think are your weaknesses, they might be your biggest strength. You know, being, being empath, being an introvert, extrovert, all those things are, are beautiful, beautiful qualities in a person. We have to be able to accept them, understand them, and know how to use them, you know, and be okay with it. But I will say, like, get to know yourself. Spend less time scrolling on social media and, you know, and, and try to know everything about everybody else and spend more time le learning about you. And now, since you do work with people, one of the things that we discussed off air uh, before the recording was your work with, uh, with other people who are writers, helping them to write. Can you tell us what is unique in your work about how to draw out a person's own story? Okay, I help people become writers. These are women that are still wanting to share their story. What I do, well, how can I tell you what, about what's unique about working with me? The fact that you spend time with me. <laughs> no. I have a, Bob, I have an amazing team of women that work with me, um, all best-selling authors as well. One of them is a seven-time best-selling author. She's the man project manager. Then is myself. And, and this is what I was just saying before. When you get to know yourself, uh, you get to realize the amazing things you can achieve. Three years ago, I didn't think I was going to be able to publish a book. I knew I wanted. You know, I started writing. And then when I said it to them, I was like, let's do a book all together. The response was quickly, yeah, let's do it. And I learned so much from that experience and I absolutely love it. And I know I can guarantee women to go like become bestsellers, but that's not my, that's a plus when you work with me. It's not, that's not my aim. I want people to really share their story because it's not about the six, seven figures. It's not about entrepreneurship. It's about the experiences you go through life to get you where you are today you know and i think that's that's what people relates to that they know that you're human as again that you cry that you bleed that you eat that you drink that you shit that you sleep all that kind of things and i think that's what it relates to people and those are the books that i like to create i like books that are raw they are simple to read they're like they're they're them in their full voice telling like this is what happened to me you know and whether it's, as I said, it's like I had women sharing stories about abuse, child abuse, women sharing stories about their problems with alcoholism. And they're all women in business now, and that's what they're helping other women with, you know? So with let's own. say that I have something that I really consider to be a weakness in my life. How, in a nutshell, do I change this through my writing? I don't mean change the circumstances. I mean, you know, we, we might use the term reframe in yeah. order to make something out of my experience. So, so what do I do with that? What do I do with the trauma in my past and the way that I write it? Well, that's the two things. Because it's really say, like you said, weakness, I use the word victim. 
because there's also the thing that happened to you and you can write it from a place of victimhood or you can write it a place from empowerment. And it's the wording, it's the way you, you, how you feel about yourself as well. I had, a, I had a writer that she wasn't ready to share the whole story of what happened to her. So I was like, if you don't, you don't have to. You know, we share the part that we heal because, and the part that we are not completely healed, I wouldn't advise people to share it yet. You know, it's because it will come across like that. I'm, I had a client that this is how she started. She was like, oh, everybody hated me when I was a kid. And I'm like, you can't say that. That's the example you look at. And I'm like, you cannot speak from the point of view of other people. I'm like, that's how you felt. So that's what we're going to write it on the way that how you felt. Why did you feel that people hated you? You know, she was like, well, everybody looked at me funny. And I was like, well, why do you think you were looking at it? They looked at you funny. Were you dressed differently? You know, were you acting differently? Did you speak a different language? Were you biracial? You know, all those things. And we go from that point of view. Okay. This is how I felt. But throughout that, okay. How this had, how, has helped me as well. How this has that made me help me become stronger, wiser maybe even kinder because I wouldn't treat other people the way they treated me. No, what is that I've learned from that experience and what I have and what you have considered to be a weakness or a place of victimhood, it suddenly turns into this power empowerment place because at the end of the day, there's no one else like you who has gone through that, right? You're just a unique, beautiful person. And because you're still here telling that story, that makes you more, even more powerful. Oh, and that's the beauty of it. <laughs> Just I get teary talking about this. <laughs> that, and that's beautiful. That is a, that is a, uh, a tale of empowerment. Um, so Maria, first, what are the books that you wrote? Because that wasn't in your bio. That's no, it was very... sure. Yes, I sent you a short bio. It's like oh, when I have to do my bio, I'm like, oh my god, where we start. So um, as I mentioned, I started the podcast where you were you were a guest, Sanchenio on a Strength. Right after the podcast, I started a magazine. And then from the magazine, we started the books. So it's everything under the same company. And um, the books, I always have the writers, the co-writers um, choose the name. I would say, we'll do it all together. I want the cover, everything to do it all together as a team. And it happened that everybody chose that. They were like, Unchain Your Authentic Soul was the first one. And Unchain Your Inner Warrior was the second one. So it kind of became a series now. <laughs> so now the third one is starting on September 27th. But uh, there are stories, as I said, Rob, there are raw stories, the real stories of, you know, women going through the deep death of like, you know, loneliness, heartbreaks, uh, you know, self-doubt all that kind of thing pain and then just flourishing into going back to their authentic selves and being like you know the women they are always born to be so how do our listeners get in touch with you a podcast you can find me on podcast you can find me on my website www.mariacrause.com and i'm pretty much at maria c krause and i hang out more on instagram now and TikTok. If you're, uh, if you want to come, I don't do the funny dances. Okay. So don't expect me that. <laughs> I, just, I just have a little, I have little chats with the audience and TikTok, but um, yeah, that's all I'm at. And I'm changing the strength of podcast. So let's go through the spelling of your website, Maria C. Krause. 
M-A-R-I-A-C-K-R-A-S-E. Yes, yes, yeah. The reason I put the C in between, so it's, it's just my mom's last name. So I had to give her a little shout out. I'm like, okay, everyone, I could do that in the business. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if I wasn't for her. <laughs> and she deserves a little thank you. Yeah, she does. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let me thank you, Maria, for a, a wonderful little bit of time that we got to spend together today. And it's nice to be on both sides of the microphone with you. So I want to thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much, Bob. It's been a pleasure. Love chatting with you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Before you go, I wanted to remind you of free healing resources available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.